I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky, spook, 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 all the spooky things, <laughs> and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> Got my lenses today ready, because we are astral flying through the skies, <laughs> talking oh. about... <laughs> Yes, astral projecting, which I'm so excited to just chat with you guys about that because it's a subject that is very interesting to me. I need to do a deep dive, but we'll get there when we get there. We are talking about the 2010 supernatural horror film, Insidious. That's the perfect soundtrack to it because all it is. <laughs> oh no! Is it's, just I should have done tiptoe through the tulips. Oh yes. <laughs> Ugh. Not such a, that's a like great the creepiest song, song ever. <laughs> Not the but funny for at me. the same time. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed. That's in my notes too uh, about that song. So we'll get into all that, but. Insidious is directed by our one and only James Wan, who we stand Ooh. on this podcast, and written by uh, Leah Lay. I think we said this Lee. before because Lee. Lee. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Wanell, and it stars also our faves Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, and Barbara Hershey. This is the first installment in the chain and the third in the story's chronology. Well, yeah, chronology, because there's a prequel, which, uh, two prequels, which were chapter three and the last key, mm-hmm. which I forget that there were already that many insidious movies. Yeah. I feel like I've only watched the first three. Maybe I watched the last key. I don't know. I have to go back. But. Well, we've been we've been going back. Yeah, we've yeah we started. Well, Brian's never seen any of the sequels before, and no. I've I've okay, seen okay. all of them. Um, okay, so we're we're I'm revisiting. He's visiting uh, the further for for the first and and repeated times. The um, even further, further, yeah, the furthest, even further into yeah, the, the furthest. further. Um, okay. I'm also surprised that, like, in the description at the top that, like, Lynn Shay is not listed when, like, she essentially is the star of this franchise. 
Yes. But truly, it's uh, Wikipedia is like, no, the only important people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I find that very funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, we're going to be getting into all things Insidious, maybe speaking on some things in the other parts of or the, the chain as a whole. So just be prepared for that. That might come up, but obviously heavy spoilers for this one. And Jamie, can you tell us about the trigger warnings? Sure. Um, there is a lot of uh, paranormal activities. This is not paranormal activity, but there are paranormal <laughs> there activities are. that are taking place in this, um, yes. including uh, there's some like psychic and astral projection. And I guess is astral projection like part of the paranormal activities? I don't think so. That, that I'm assuming that's its own thing. But if you don't like mm-hmm. that, I'm telling you about it. That's my role. Um, memory yes. suppression that might be spooky, but there is there's a spooky place with like a with demons. So if you don't like demons um, or other spooky undead folks, um, apparitions. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do people get attacked in this movie? Oh yeah, he has that like fight with the the not the demon. I mean, he does have a no, fight with the demon, but, but like that with- other weird entity thing. Yes, the the and- like malicious ghost. Yeah, and then there's also the choking at yeah, the end. Yeah, and then at the end, there's death. Yes. <laughs> and, then, I mean, and then at the end, there is death. There is a, there's a strangulation scene at the end that is disturbing. Um, but yes. I also believe, once again, that this film is PG-13. And so there mm-hmm. aren't, like, noticeably that many insides on the outside. I've been trying to, like, take notice more on some of the things that we've been watching and covering because yes. I do feel like it makes a significant difference and like just the appealability. I don't know if that's a word that I might have just made up, but uh, Love it. to Keep a larger <laughs> audience um, by like not keeping in some like even scarier things or like downplaying some of the things that they can do so that they can get as many people to watch their movie as possible. Yeah, I guess that is a fair thing to say. Make sure it's PG-13. You're going to get a broader audience appeal so i buy that i just double checked and all of the insidious movies including the upcoming one uh, are pg-13 interesting i mean it's some good spooks for pg-13 but i Mm -hmm. definitely will attribute that to how james wan um films his stuff sure Mm -hmm. uh for sure yeah and and like lee winnell takes it over in the third in chapter three and i think that's his directorial debut Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But we but we've had him as a writer before for Saw. That's it. They've Thank worked you. together before. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we're also gonna be covering The Invisible Man, which Lee Winnell also did. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. he directed yeah. and wrote that. We just watched it preparing for our episode. Yeah. So it's very nice. on the brain. Fresh. Yeah. Yes. Which is a different film. Unrelated to ha! everything we're talking about. <laughs> In its entirety, a completely <laughs> different film, but also a really good one. Brain. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, producer Brian, do you have some words before we uh, dive right in to the astral plane? Yes. Uh, first of all, we're on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Hello. Um, you can find us there if you're not already watching us there. Um, but also you can find us on social media at Talk Horror Pod. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. And, of course, you can find us on TikTok where we have hit 
15k followers. So thank you Yay. all. Very exciting. Next one. Next up is 20. So we'll try and get there. Woo-hoo. But um, yeah, very very cool. I'm very. Thanks for that hanging makes out me, with us. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just did my top 30, or I counted down all yes. 30 movies um, that uh, I liked. That I've seen this year, horror movies that have uh, been released this year that I've seen, um, and I I I ranked them uh, thirty through one. So go check that out. Wow, that's so many movies, and it's only the beginning of July, and there's yeah. so many more to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, well, I think I only saw I think I think I saw thirty five last year. So cracking that one Jeez. wide open. Thank you. You're just gonna have to keep setting the bar so high for yourself. I know as we that's keep the going. problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it you know, there's gonna be a come a point where like I can't keep up anymore and I'll get burnt out and all of that. I mean, I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a lot. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, at, at the very least, a lot of the major studio horror movie releases have been very good uh, in yes. general. So mm-hmm. at least there's that. But um, one that I will shut out that I watched recently was Brooklyn Forty Five on Shutter. Um, I loved it. Um, it's about these. It's about a group of friends um, who all served in World War II, and they get together in a Brooklyn brownstone in 1945 um, to help console their friend whose wife just killed herself. Um, and he wants to do a seance with them to bring her back and whatnot. And then chaos ensues. So it, oh and it, it's a it's a I would call it more of a drama with supernatural elements. It feels like mm. a black box play. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's trying to say a lot about who people are, what makes a good person, what makes a bad person. It's tying in a lot of like PTSD, war commentary, um, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, um, bigotry, um, you know, judging people. Um, it's, it's actually quite good. I would highly suggest it. Brooklyn 45 on Shudder. OK, Jamie, did you watch this with him or you watched it by himself? No, he watched it by himself. I forget what I was oh, doing. Nice. You were doing your <laughs> D&D meeting. Oh yeah, I have a D and D meeting. You have a I'm group. Start, I'm learning. I'm learning how to do D and D and starving. I'm D&D. obsessed. Yeah. Oh well, I'm talking to a guy on Hinge that is super into D and D. I'll give That's you cool. all the info that you need to know. Please <laughs> let me know because I'm like I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm super happy you're passionate about it because it looks fun on Stranger Things. Yeah. So I thumbs it up. You know, they do make it look really fun. We watched yes. the Dungeons and Dragons movie finally, oh, yeah. and it was very oh. good. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Do you know what also was? I don't know if I already talked about this, but what was surprisingly good was the Super Mario movie. I really had a good time, and oh, y'all yeah. can, oh. we are people it out yet. there. Y'all can hate me for it, but I loved it. No, I heard <laughs> oh, yeah, that it was a really good it. time. Yeah. And then, um, oh, that's, that's, we could watch that. Um, we're also rewatching all the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we're through two so far. We just finished two. How many are there? Uh, There's about to be seven. S- yeah. Okay. So that's Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2, Mission Impossible 3, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Fallout, and then Dead Reckoning Part 1 this year, and then next year is Dead Reckoning Part 2. And it's all Tom Cruise doing all his stunts and all the all, things. All the, his... Every all one him. of them is excellent except for two. Like, actually. Like, oh, okay. One is like a nostalgia fest. We just watched it. It was like, wow, 1996. Um, <laughs> yes. And then three, four, five, and six are really good. Six, uh, I would like, 
four, five, and six are exceptional. Okay. Like uh, is it those- exceptional because of the... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but is it exceptional because of the um, stunts or the storyline? I both? would say all of the above, but the stunts... The stunts... The, you come for the stunts, you stay for like, oh, like, this is actually very... This is fun to watch. Like, it's a very fun time, and then you can, you can shut your brain off and... You know, like, listen, say what you want about Tom Cruise, like, outside of, like, movies, but, like, he is dedicated to the art of movie spectacle, and, mm. like, you get those in those movies, and, the, the, mm. like, they're, they're, you, sh- you have to see them in theaters when they come out, like, like it, it really is worth it. It's not, like, just BS. Like, those movies, like, sing in movie theaters. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love just that. you talking about that... <laughs> on a completely different plane of uh, chains makes me want to watch the Fast and Furious. Oh, sure. Ooh, that's a fun time. Yeah. Just cause. Yeah. I feel like that would be a fun mm-hmm. time. Just we did that the during the pandemic. Yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we get into Insidious? I think that's why the people are here listening Probably. to us. Oh, wait, there's one other thing that I want to shout out. That's not, yes a movie or anything, but it, <laughs> I thought of it because of the name of it. Um, if you are a fan of Olivia Rodrigo, she released a new single called Vampire, and Ooh. it is a bop, um, <laughs> and it's stuck in my head, and it's so good. Um, so just, okay. just throwing that out there. I feel like it's, you know, on theme just enough. Um, it is, absolutely. So I had, to, I had to let the people know. That's great. We'll be playing... Uh, Vampire at the end of this episode. Brian will be putting it in uh, the episode. Brian's looking like, nah. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll put a clip of it in at the end, like when we're saying goodbye. Okay, beauty. (laughs) The people need to know. The people need to know. All righty. Well, let's get a plot summary of Insidious. Who's going to do it? Two-minute plot summary. What's the plot? I haven't done one in a while. I just haven't said anything, so I feel guilty. <laughs> do it to it. All right. What if I was like, I haven't done one, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and I'm also not going to do this yeah. one. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. no. I'll do it. Yeah. I'm okay. ready to go into the further. Two into minutes the further. on the further clock and go. Okay, so we have a married couple and family that just moved into their new house, three kids, and then the parents, Josh and Renee. Um, The middle son goes into the attic of the new home and sees something spooky and falls and hits his head, and then the next day he's in a coma. Um, But they go to the hospital and they have no idea why he's in a coma. There's nothing medically wrong with him. So they take him back home and then weird spooky things start to happen. And Renee thinks that it's, uh, she doesn't know what it is, but she's like, we have to move. So they move mm-hmm. again and the spooky stuff continues. So then, um, Renee starts to think it might be something supernatural. Um, uh, Josh's mom comes and, and calls, uh, Elise, who is a psychic, and she helps them learn that the house isn't haunted. Your son is done um, because he can astral <laughs> project, minute. and he's been astral projecting his consciousness into 
the further, which is like purgatory where there's spirits there that are dead, but also other spookier spirits. And essentially his body is like an empty vessel without his soul in it because the demon captured him. And now all of these ghosts are trying to get into his body and that's all the spooky stuff. They do a seance. Um, they learn that Josh also used to astral project, but they hid his talents um, because he was being a like something spooky was coming after him. Um, so they teach him how to do it again. He goes into the further. He saves his son. Um, he wakes up. His son is back. And then uh, he all of a sudden gets really angry at Elise for taking his photo. And then he chokes her and she dies. And then Renee sees the photo that she took and gasps. And that's the end. You have five seconds left. Anything else you'd like to add? Tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> That's the plot. Perfect. Perfect. How was that? Did I do okay? You did amazing, Jamie. That was amazing. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. So let's get into our first segment, which is likes and gripes. And likes and gripes. Now, Brian, would you like to start this and tell us how how you first watched this movie, your association oh, sure. with this movie? Yeah, um, I had only seen Insidious. I had never seen any of the other movies, so this was my this was my let, let's call this my two point five time watch. Like one point, I, I'd seen it once, and I'd seen I, I'd never seen it. I'd I'd only seen it all the way through once. Mm-hmm. I, I had seen like clips or portions of it or whatever in other parts. So this is my only my second time actually watching it all the way through. Um, and then Jamie and I watched Insidious Part Two like right after it. Um, so uh, uh, which I I don't like as much as this one. I still have not yeah. seen three and five. Excuse me, three or four and five. It hasn't come out yet when we're recording this. But um, yes. I definitely <laughs> want to watch three and four. But I, I we wanted to get one and two in because that's these are those are the two with Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne. But um, yeah, um, I have a lot of things. I I really like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this movie is very scary and very silly, and I never remembered it being silly but now that we've watched and broken down a lot of James Wan movies both on the podcast and just like personally the three of us talking about like dead silence and stuff like that Mm -hmm. this movie is a perfect James Wan movie and I mean that because like it's genuinely scary like not fake scary like it's actually scary but in the same vein the same things that are scary are so wildly silly and stupid and like I feel like that's exactly what Malignant is, but this movie mm. is, it's better than Malignant, but like this movie is kind of leans more into the taking it seriously where Malignant Absolutely. kind of like knows that it's like a little silly. Um, and I think that's why I think of this movie or The Conjuring, uh, The Conjuring's not as silly, um, but this one like, this one definitely has like, I, I, this feels like James Wan in some way. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I just, I just get it. Um, yeah, uh, um, this feels like him fleshing out those things that you see in later films, like The Conjuring. Like, yeah. this is. I feel like. Sorry to like cut you off. No, but like, go for it. I feel like it is him, but it's him like really, you know, sinking his teeth into 
the the James Wanisms, if you will, that we see yep. in his later films. He's like mm-hmm. testing it all out, and I feel like it's it's going well. Yeah, mm-hmm. he knocks it out of the park with all this, and and so let me start with my uh, let me start with my likes for this movie. Um, I love the opening and the credits. Um, I think that both of those like were really effective, like with with him as a kid and then the 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 woman in the, you know, the the old woman seeing that. Um, And then you get that credit sequence of the house. And I think that the so what I did was we watched this movie because I think the true, true, true brilliance of this movie is that it really makes you think it's a haunted house movie. The credits mm. have the opening. The credits um the credits are all the house shots. And then you have the opening and then all the books falling off the shelf. It's setting up everything you know to be a haunted house movie and then it yeah. subverts your expectations. The twist doesn't come until like 50 minutes into this movie. The twist yes. that the sun is haunted and not the house. So after we watched this, I watched the original trailer for Insidious to see if they spoil it. And they do. <laughs> the trailer for oh. Insidious is like, you the house isn't haunted. Your, your son is. And I'm like, what if I went into what a bummer. That's yeah, like the yeah. best part of this movie. The mm-hmm, fact yeah. that like the, he's he's subverting your expectations. And then all of a sudden it's not a haunted house movie. They move like they move three times in this movie. Excuse me, twice in this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think that's amazing. I like how this movie just jumps right in. Um, uh, I like the pacing of this movie. I think that he uses um, noises within the house really well in terms of, like, the fan acting as a heartbeat as she's in the room and, and all of that. I think that's really good. All the jump scares in this are are so spectacularly executed, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not even talking about like the main jump scare where the right. the mother sees the monster behind his head. Like we all know that one, but just every jump scare, even the silly ones with the the little kid running around the house, um, yeah, like that's a perfect example of being silly and being scary at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, wonderful. The melodramatic music and their fight about Dalton is wild and wonderful mm. um the gas masks look amazing like what what there's so there's so many weird things in this movie that like don't like what who cares like, a lot of those feel like very 80s like in terms of like mm-hmm. the gas masks while doing the you know the this the, the investigation yeah, yeah. yeah. all, all the, of that yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. um which he doubled Definitely down conjuring yeah, yeah i was gonna say double downs mm-hmm. on he he doubles down on it in the conjuring mm-hmm. um um I like that ignores things like he was taught. Oh, oh, I love. I <laughs> know uh, I, I, I that was my note, but yeah, I get I, it. I, I tell. <laughs> um, he loves things. Uh, I love that he ignores <laughs> things like the the Patrick Wilson character ignores yes. the problems in real life, like mm-hmm. what his son is going through, what his wife is going through. He can't connect with them. He stays at school late and and you know is falling asleep at his desk. He ignores all of the things, but that's what he was taught. 
because Mm. he was taught to not take pictures. He was taught to forget about certain things. Literally, he was brought up in an environment that taught him to forget things and totally um, desensitize himself to certain things and like take like complete and and i think that's very interesting that carries into his adulthood because that's a huge part of his character in this movie um and part of his change is that he actually finds his power again and goes into the further he does it for his family for his son um Mm -hmm. (laughs) the final act still feels like a haunted house movie in the further which i think is really cool because you've already set your expectations for a haunted house movie there's a twist it's not but it still feels like a haunted house movie in the end which i I appreciate Mm-hmm. Um, the sleep acting by everyone, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the push Fantastic. acting is outrageous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much pushing. Um, so much. Also, like, the silliness of the demon monster, it's silly. Yes. Like, but I, I love it's it, but it's very scary. silly. The tiptoe through the tulips is silly, but it's, it's a very. lot of silly things executed in a very scary manner. Um, mm. Okay, so here are my gripes. Um, they never get into why they moved the first time because yeah. the, they have the conversation when they're sleeping and they, it, it will be, excuse me, right before they're going to sleep in bed, the, the adults, and they're talking about how, you know, um, you know, it'll be better this time. Or like we had, you know, we, something had happened and I don't know what it was that it mm. made them move, um, Obviously, they in the story they have to move to set it up to be feel like a haunted house movie. But like, there is a reason that they moved, and they never explain it, which I, I bothered me because I think that would have said a lot about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not like the slow motion in this movie. There are moments like the slow motion on the bloody hand or when she's walking around the house. There are like weird moments of slow motion that feel very medical emergencies reenactment. Mm-hmm. You know those like show you know like the TLC like medical emergencies and someone's telling their story and they're reenacting it like while they tell and it's that all in slow motion. It's yep, all absolutely. in slow. It, that's what it felt like, and I yep. I didn't like that. Um, uh, what is the show that you used to watch? Medical emergencies. Yeah, there are shows like medical emergencies like or on like TLC I, or something. Yeah, yeah. or like I, you'll never, never believe with this. Like you can't. I, I'm, like like. It's crazy that this happened to me. Like those mm. type of things where they're like, I was kidnapped and I escaped. And then they like go through all the, the, the stuff um, <laughs> that um, I like that. It's uh, uh, oh, I didn't believe that he would just then notice all of the pictures his son was drawing mm. like. Like after he at the kicked, last minute, mm-hmm. like you you didn't you like your son is drawing like dark demons, but like <laughs> like like red doors and you and you and and these are the things that were being described to you by him or and like by no like I, I guess I guess they didn't question it and then once they got the context from Elise it like popped out mm-hmm. I get that but like still a little not believable in some ways bad dad um, alert. Well, that's my question for you all. Is mm-hmm. he an asshole? Is he a dick? Is he a bad husband? Is he a bad, uh, you know, uh, friend? Is he a bad uh, m- father? Like, we, I want to talk about that for sure. Um, yeah. And then, um, uh, quotes, I don't like when he walks around at night. Spectacular moment in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the universe picked a fight with the wrong chick. I I like when the I like the, the mother-in-law 
Well, I like that the mother-in-law. Oh, the well, the nurse said that. Yes, yes. The nurse mm-hmm. said that. That was wild. But I, I one like that that reminded me of is I like the relationship between the mother-in-law and her. Like mm-hmm. that yes. she was saying, like you've been throwing a lot of BS. Like you, you're doing a great job, or whatever she says there. Like um, when they're unpacking the second house. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this movie is great. I think this is one of like. This might be a top ten horror movie for me. I, I, I maybe 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 top twenty, but it's just scary and silly. But it's like, but like we talked about, it's not like campy silly. It's like mm-hmm. subtextually, like like silly. But the but they lean into the scares more. Anyway, that that that's yep. my uh, that's my insidious wrap up. Likes and gripes for me. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'll piggyback off of that, Brian, uh, just with the nurse line, because I was like, I don't think I like how she delivered that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, is that just a weird thing to say or is it how she said it? And then like I was just in my for a good 10 seconds uh, yeah. trying to go back and forth of like how that was delivered and how I felt about it. But. Um, my likes and grabs are all over the place, which is nothing new, but I'm going to go through it. Yeah. Um, I will piggyback. I also loved the title card and add on. I think that his use of music and strings in this is, um, Mm. adds so much to the intensity and, uh, to the anticipation of everything that is happening. Um, and I, I think it, it just adds so much to all the jump scares, all the high pitched strings. So I, I really mm. love that. I did not like the long intro, which Brian was saying that he, uh, enjoyed the shots of all of the house. But after a while I was like, this is going on for a little too long for my attention sure, span. Sure. Um, I want to get to the meat, to the heart, to the blood and guts of all the things, you know, that's what yeah, I'm Yeah, fair. For. Totally, totally. Um, one thing that I did have to go back and rewind and y'all tell me if you saw this right off the bat is the body in the baby room um behind the little like curtain oh, thing the sheer where she curtain walks thing? in yes yeah. uh-huh i just got the you know loud music and the oh it's a jump scare here it is and i was like wait i didn't see anything i didn't see the mm. body and so i had to rewind oh, i saw I it he that made me it. jump out of my skin. Did I see that one? There was one where I had to ask you to rewind it because no, I didn't see it. We rewound when she's walking through the house and the little kid is in the corner of the, wash, oh, that's the washing the, machine room. Is that the first mm. one or the second one? No, that's in the... Uh, I don't remember. That's the second one. But I think I had you rewind something in the first <laughs> one. And it might have been that one. Wait, is the second one when... There's no little kid in this one running around. There is a little kid running around in this one because he hides into the room and she like sees the shoes. And so she like swipes it away and then he like jumps out of another part. There's a little kid in this one. Is there a moment where she's an adult man? Yeah. Is is there one where where she's outside (laughs) looking in and seeing the kid like dancing um, with the record player? There is a record player in this one, yeah, and she oh, and she has her records one. going. It changes to the tiptoe song oh, while she's yeah, outside. Oh, yeah, I guess it is this and she turns one. Now around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the first one, yes. right, so in the first one, when she's walking through the house, like, doing whatever, and she walks through laundry. kind of like Always the laundry doing room. laundry. I know. Always. Uh, there's a little kid in the corner there just facing the wall, and I jumped, and Jamie was like, what happened? And I rewound it, and she saw it, yeah. Got it. 
Yeah, there was a couple of those where I was like, wait, let me go back and see. Or when it's building up the tension to it, I'm trying to mm-hmm. look in all the different places yeah, to, yeah. to mm-hmm. see if I can catch it, which I like doing. I mean, it's like, you know, an activity. Like, where's the ghost going to be? I want to see. I want to participate <laughs> yeah. in the thing. So I enjoy um, how those how those are shot. I mm-hmm. loved seeing the little saw doll on the chalkboard in the classroom. Oh, oh yes. yeah. That was yeah. excellent. Uh-huh. Yes. Very, very uh, cute. And I really Billy? enjoyed... Say it again. I think the, the Saw, um, the saw puppet's name is puppet. Billy. Really? Yeah, I'll I look at one while you remember why. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fantastic. I, I never knew that it had he had a name. Um, I The jump scare I did enjoy too was... Or the shot, it wasn't a jump scare, but the shot of... Uh, the old the the tall man walking outside back and forth by the window, and mm. then suddenly he's inside the house walking back and forth. I thought that mm-hmm. was a beautiful shot, um, very creepy, very scary. Uh, love, love, love that they actually moved out of the house. Mm-hmm. There was a big plus in my horror movie notebook. Although I kept thinking to myself on the practical financial side. How taxing that probably would have been. You just moved into a house mm-hmm. and now you just moved into another one? I know. What what is your mortgage? What? Well they <laughs> if you notice, they only rented the second one. The sign said oh. like for lease. So okay, they okay, probably, okay, okay. if we're going to talk insidious real estate, yes. they probably <laughs> bought the first one and then like maybe couldn't sell it fast enough, but they need to get out of there. So they, they only leased the second house because mm. in the, okay, okay, in okay. the, um, uh, in the shot that sets up that house that they're moving in, um, the establishing shot, the sign on the outside says leased or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Great. I'm believable. I'll take that. But yeah, I yeah. literally was thinking to myself, <laughs> you only have one source of income. She left her job to do music mm-hmm. and you are a teacher. Yeah. So how I mean, you that's guys the, how'd they afford that second house and just a teacher's salary? I don't know. Exactly. In that, in that neighborhood, for sure. Right. <laughs> and that has uh, been insidious real estate. <laughs> real, real estate. estate. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. uh, the song, Tiptoe, great. The slow zooms, zoom ins, and the first person point of view shots, great always. Um, all of the great jump scares that Brian already talked about, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that the basis of this is uh, that the sun is, is haunted and that mm-hmm. it is in a haunted house, but that it is following them. Uh, it was just kind mm-hmm. of more of a believable story to how they were reacting to everything that was happening. Um, I also uh, did like that sometimes the wife could see the ghosts, but then I was like, well, why is she seeing the ghosts? Is it just because she's in the house more? I guess so, because mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson is really not there. What are you going to say, Brian? Oh, I mean, I also think that, you know, he's not as open to it because he's erased that part of his mind. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I also, but I also agree with you. I think she's in the house more. She's looking for it. He may just not see them in the way that she kind of walked through the boy looking in the corner. You know what Mm, I mean? Like that kind of stuff. I don't know, but like, um, yeah, that, that's definitely, that's definitely interesting point. Yeah, and you've already mentioned this, Brian, and we'll get into this like in in, in mm, brains. I can talk, uh, but I definitely want to talk about Patrick Wilson as a father, as yeah. a husband, because the fact that he said, "Oh, I just brought these paranormal people just to ease your mind," like not I didn't want it to take it this far, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, did you believe her? Did you not believe her? Like, what are your intentions in doing this? Um, so we'll get into all of that. Also, y'all, when when 
one of the paranormal guys were writing down like what Dalton was saying. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, why are you writing so big and wasting all that paper? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> like, I mean, this is like, but like if you had college line, like, like notebook, <laughs> like you could have saved so much paper. Like, so much paper. I get you're doing it fast because you have the gas masks on and, you, and you're going quickly, but like, what? Do, and he doesn't even, mm-hmm. but the other thing is he doesn't double side it. He doesn't. <laughs> no. He just skips to the next page. Yeah. Uh, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, but the the sequence of Dalton getting out of bed was gorgeous, and like Brian mm. said, all of the the pushing and pulling. Um, I okay. One of my biggest gripes was that I did not like how you could see so clearly the woman in black in the pictures of younger Patrick Wilson. Oh, mm. interesting. Me, and the reason I didn't like it is is because I think that it kind of diminishes like the scariness of it all because mm-hmm. it's one thing to like catch a photo and you see like the little shadows or mm-hmm. and I feel the same way about the close-ups um, with the actual red-faced demon. Um, which, Brian, to your point about it being silly, because I felt like it was silly, I would have much better enjoyed when we first saw the demon and he was just in a shadow and you could kind of like barely see his face. And even in the... the big jump scare when we see him behind Patrick Wilson, like I didn't mind that and seeing that clarity, but there's something about not seeing something fully that makes it even scarier. Totally. And so for me, not seeing the woman so clearly in the pictures and seeing the demon so clearly, I think uh, took me out of it. So um, I have a question for you, Nikisha, on that. In yes. the third act, when the demon, when the black and red demon is up in the little, like, sewing area, sewing, and you see a lot of his face and, and like, looking through the glass, like, did that does that undercut the scariness and the tension for you because it seems so silly at the end? Or, like, do you still buy into it? Hmm. I would say both because the ending wasn't really about the demon, It was more about Patrick Wilson overcoming, like, the woman and then, like, the woman overcoming him and killing Mm -hmm. Elise. So if it was, like, a showdown at the end with the – which we don't get in this with the demon and Patrick Wilson, then I would say that that other – the seeing the face would kind of undercut the showdown at the end if there was one. But there wasn't. So seeing him is like, okay, I can still buy into the end of it, but – because there we don't see the demon a lot at the end, then why show him so much, like, you know, sharpening mm-hmm. his nails and doing all that stuff? Because I feel like if we and kind sewing, of... Bar- he's practicing to yeah. be on RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm the, dead. He, he, you, <laughs> on RuPaul's Drag Race, you have to be able you to sew. You know how to sew. I you mean, have to know. You have to know how to sew. You're not going to get away yes. with that hot glue gun anymore. No. no. And so the black and red demon has is just practicing for the challenge that he knows he's going to get on All Stars, where he's got to put together <laughs> his <laughs> own outfit. Uh, he's on already All-Stars. on All Stars. He's yeah. already won. He's already won the first. The first. Yes. Time. He yes. bypasses the regular season. Yeah. He honestly he's like demon. he's a demon. He's getting on to RuPaul's. He's getting on to All Stars. Like he is. He is the definition of serving cunt. Is, is the demon. Yeah. You better. You better work. <laughs> what is it? Um, creativity, uh, uniqueness, uniqueness nerve, nerve, and talent. And talent. Yeah, yeah talent. we see we see that you know, whole we see all of it. 
You know, we've watched every season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, every U.S. season, at least. We've watched a couple of the other ones. But until last season, I never put it together what uh, uh, C-U-N-T, like what creative uniqueness, nerve, (laughs) and talent. I never put it together that that's what it was. And then one day I like it just like clicked and I go, I went turned to Jamie and was like, holy shit. Like am I am I the, am I the idiot here? And she was like, yes. Like like uh, like yeah. The last to know. It's okay, yeah. but you you got it. Point yeah. being, this, yeah, you was, got it this has been parlor talk and you have to sell. Yeah. So. <laughs> Come sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. <laughs> I am obsessed. I don't think I have anything else. That was my only big gripe. I forgot about the the cliffhanger ending, and I loved it. Uh, I think it's a great ending to start the the next movie. And uh, you've seen two, right? Yeah, I don't remember mm-hmm. at all, but I have seen it. I've seen the first three for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go into all the other stuff that I was yeah. talking about with Jamie and, and brains. But Jamie likes and gripes. Yeah, I I agree with the both of you. Um, I really enjoy this movie. Um, It's it's very interesting, like, having watched most of James Wan's catalog and then, like, going back to the beginning of some of these, like, things that have blown up, um, one of his, like, many franchises. Um, I, I like the balance of the humor and the comedy with um, Specs and Tucker. Um, I enjoy Those them. I, I, yes, I had to look. <laughs> um, Specs, who is also played by Lee Winnell, so he's like in his own in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I I like I like comedic elements in my horror movies. Like this isn't a horror comedy. Maybe I don't know. Rewatching it again, I have some thoughts. But like, <laughs> I I like the elements of like cutting. The horror, like I'm, I'm a mm. fan of that. My heart needs like a few moments just to recalibrate and not feel like it's going to fall out of my chest. So yeah, I do fair. really appreciate with like the intense jump scares that they're giving the audience a breather. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's other movies that we've seen where it's just like nonstop discomfort chaos. and horror and yes. chaos, and it's like. I feel like I'm having palpitations. So like, and that could <laughs> yes. be enjoyable for its own thing, but like, yeah, I do yeah. like the way that they split it in this. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like something that hasn't already been said. I also like the ending of this. Um, I mean, I really, I like, so what I was saying before, I, I'm glad that we rewatched this, seeing other things like dead silence and like, malignant because it does give me this new appreciation for insidious and like what Mm -hmm. was he trying to achieve with this film like there are things that are pretty outrageous and like laugh out loud funny and i don't mean the intentional scenes with specs and tucker but like you know with the ghosts and with the demon that like i think i cackled and i was like Mm -hmm. this this feels like a very different viewing from like the first time that I saw this. I can't even remember how many times I've seen this movie now, but like it just, it felt very significantly different with, with that particular lens on of like, Oh, this, like not only are we getting early James Wan, but like this is him really flexing the like 
giallo vibes. Like the, it's just like very over the top and, and outrageous with like random, very grounded things. And it kind of mm. feels split between the two because then you get the conjuring where it is more like, you know, grounded horror, if you will. And, and yeah. like just leaning into like, this is a haunted house movie and that's what it is versus like, I feel like then he splits kind of like, it's either that or that. Um, it's either right. the conjuring universe or, or it's dead silence, malignant, all of those. Yep. Um, and, and this kind of feels like it's threading the needle between both and just trying to figure out like, you know, which thing do I like more or like, which thing do I want to kind of like figure out is the, the overall tone of this. I don't think this film has a tone problem, but I can kind of just Mm -hmm. see it like, you know, weaving back and forth between these two versions of, of like horror. Um, so I just, I, I, I found that very interesting, um, and still enjoyable because it's, it's cool to see him like figure certain things out and then implement them in other movies that like we also really enjoy. Yeah, this is this viewing experience was very layered and complex um, in a good way. And it was very satisfying because I I think I think the first time I seen it, I had seen it like I didn't really know James Wan, who he is like. I just enjoyed the movie for what it was. But with the more context in terms of like Jamie said, it really was a very complex, enjoyably, satisfyingly complex viewing experience. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, and I like, you know, <clears throat> there's definitely the same, like, tropes that we get. I feel now I've become, like, the trope person of, like, here's the tropes that I've identified in this film, and, mm-hmm. like, do we like them or not? But, like, he does put his spin on it, you know? Like, we get the seance, but we get the seance where, like, no one else can hear what she's saying, and she's wearing a gas mask with a tube, yeah. and you hear, like, weird, like, <laughs> and like frantic writhing <laughs> happening. So like it's pretty absurd, um, but it is still very like disconcerting and spooky. And I know you talked about the scene already, but like I, I just like how it's like this weird version of something we've already gotten, mm-hmm. but not quite. Yeah. Um, we also see the spooky ghosts, but like they're also weird and like they're not always, before he goes into the further, they are threatening and like, like attacking people. I forgot that that same ghost who's pacing like attacks Josh in the seance. Mm -hmm. Um, So like there's other moments where like there are these bites and things that are happening. But when he goes into the further, like a a lot of times nothing is happening. Like he's walking Mm -hmm. through and the ghosts are just like there static and not moving. Um, And like he's, you know, but, but they all, those scenes also really freak me out with the editing. Cause a, I don't like smiles in movies. I, Ooh, I think it's just smiles yeah. in general. Now sure. is it's, you know, <laughs> you all of that. hate sm- nobody. Yeah, everyone smile just looks unhappy Jamie. because it's hard. Like that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. That looks like a weird, like you look like I have a butthole mouth. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That pucker is like too weird. He's smoldering. Know. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the rock on the uh, Zoolander on us. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like the ghosts aren't like chasing him necessarily. There is a scene where they're all like kind of swarming them. But like when he first gets there, it's still just something weird and different that like I don't really remember seeing in other horror movies where the ghosts are just like around and he's like 
weaving and bobbing in between them. Right, and, right. and they're not necessarily like drawn to his son's body. They're just like chilling in the house. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, like pretending to iron clothes and like sit around someone ironing clothes. And then, and then the other one is sitting at the dining table with the gun and then she shoots them in the head and then they mm-hmm. all smile on the stairs. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, but it's very unsettling and I don't like very. it. And like that stands out. It's just like, yeah, all these things that already exist, but still like taking it a step further, just doing something really weird with it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like those are all what make this film enjoyable because it's not just the same like spooky ghost house movie that we've gotten time and time again. Um, yeah. So uh, those are pretty much my likes. The, I, I don't have too many gripes with this. Um, maybe... I don't, I, we'll get into this with brains, but like, I don't like Josh Lambert. Ah, I don't like this character. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go right into it if you'd like. Because that's oh, really my only, my only gripe. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into our next segment, brains. And let me just say, this ain't, Ed and Lorraine, okay? This this couple. (laughs) Who? I kept thinking, I'm like, okay, I don't, I need to know what you guys, both of you guys think just about their dynamic and about Josh as a human being. So Mm -hmm. my first question, and a lot of these kind of bleed into each other or will be kind of, you know, um, added questions to a a general question, general gist, Uh, but... (laughs) I want to talk about fam- the family, di- this particular family dynamic, right? And the mm-hmm. roles that the parents play in this dynamic. Because we have the husband who is working, but the wife like is not working because she wants to work on her music, but she also carries the burden of, not burden, but she also has to like take care of the kids or like take them to school mm-hmm. or like upkeep the house or whatever, you know, when initially she stopped working because she wanted to, you know, pursue her music. So I just want to talk or ask Jamie, is this couple's dynamic? Do you think that it's healthy? And if not, what would you change about it in how they operate? Yeah. Um, I don't, healthy is a harder question. I think that like they have a lot of communication issues. Um, Mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. like, as Brian pointed out earlier, like Josh, escapes all of all of the conflict seemingly in his life um whether that's like you know a big part of that is because he escaped a major conflict in his childhood and like that's not his fault like that's you know something was happening to him and then and then the adults like made that decision for him without his consent like seemingly to keep him safe and then does that like kind of lend itself to this theme in his life of like always escaping, you know, moments of tension. Um, but like mm-hmm. he is dishonest and, and like is not around. And especially in a moment, like in, in a several moments of major life transition, like they just moved. She seemingly like just left her job and has mm-hmm. transitioned to like a full time stay at home mom. 
And then, and then their son, you know, goes through this horrible accident. And so like now she's also his primary caretaker. Like when the nurse comes to the home and like is teaching her how to do the feeding tube and all this stuff. Like now she has to learn how to take care of her son who's in a coma. And, and this fool is like staying late sleeping at his like weird teacher job. Which, like, is he a college right. professor? I don't actually know what his... No, it's in that high huge, school. Is high school? Okay. That room was not a high school classroom. I was like, yes. I don't know what fancy school he's teaching at, but mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a college classroom. Yeah. Um, I Just to add or piggyback, because one of my questions was talking about how they, are, they both deal with... Uh, Dalton in different Mm. ways, Mm -hmm. especially um, when she makes the quote at the end, like you're not here dealing with this with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how would you describe the way they are initially handling this situation? Not when they both are on the same page, but is there a term like, is he being avoidant? Like, is she Mm. being overly anxious? Like, and how would you have approached that if you came into their lives at that moment of tension? How would you speak to them about how they're um, reacting to this particular situation? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, caveat is like, I am not a couples therapist. Like that is like a a nuanced approach that I don't have that skill set. But like, you know, observing them in this movie, like, yeah, he's totally avoidant. I don't think that Mm -hmm. she's overly sensitive. I think that she is like very appropriately reacting to like Mm -hmm. not only the horror of like the medical diagnosis and dealing with that, but then the actual like additional horror of the the hauntings and stuff. Like I don't think that she's overreacting at all. I think he's like totally disconnected and, you know, but it's also, it's hard to say like, how would you react in a situation where like your child is going through something unfathomable, especially when there aren't any answers and like, Mm -hmm. there is nothing you can do. Like, how do you deal with, I, I, I also don't have children. So like, I can't speak to like, how would I act in that situation? But you know, like I'm, I'm sure that I probably would have a really hard time just like you know, acknowledging that that's my reality. Um, and like Mm -hmm. just all of that. So like, I, I have some empathy that it's just such a challenging situation that he finds himself in, but at the same time, he's just not communicating any of that to his partner. And that's where I feel like that's the problem. If he was saying like, I just can't do this. Like, this is like, this is just so hard. I don't know what to do. Like, he's just not Mm -hmm. saying anything. He's so shut down and closed off. And like, I think that's part of the problem. And so like, she then, like, she's more vulnerable for a variety of reasons because she is communicating that stuff. She's being upfront and open with him, but like, she's also more vulnerable in the house by herself. So like as a whole, she's just like a very vulnerable character that then also sees all of this stuff that's happening and is experiencing it. um, Mm -hmm. I think partially as a result of that vulnerability and like, you know, he is just so closed off that like, I think that's why it takes him so long to see it. Like he has the experience right. when he goes downstairs, when the, when the alarm goes off and the door is open and he's just like, Oh, who, what with the bat. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. but like, you know, but then his wife gets attacked upstairs in like that same right. scene. That so same night, yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't see anything, but she does. And I, I feel like that's also just speaking to like 
you know, the levels of like openness that, that one of them is and one of them isn't. Yeah. Okay. So to further this kind of outside of the further, 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 no pun intended. Um, if you're talking, um, or, or counseling someone who has avoidant behavior, I, and I don't want to say like one way of handling things is better or worse, but if it is not serving them to be avoidant, how would you like counsel them in the way of how they can kind of manage or maneuver their avoidant behavior? I know you mentioned like in this scenario, it was communication, like he needed to communicate more, but like isolated outside event, if someone is just naturally avoidant, like what would you say to them um, if it's not serving them in their life to be that way? Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, asking my favorite question, like, you know, is this helpful? Um, yeah. Because it, it just, I think, helps unlock, you know, the idea of like, maybe there are things that you're getting out of avoiding. Maybe like him not having to deal with it, like I'm sure is a huge pro, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it comes at the cost of like his relationship with his wife, his relationship with his other kids. And like, he's just not there. He's like not... He's not there and he's not spending time with his children who also aren't in comas. Right. Um, so he's just Where not present <laughs> in Oh yeah, I also totally forgot that there are three children in this film. I always thought there yes. were two. Um that poor other son like I always totally forget about. So Who gets one of the better lines in the movie? Mhm. Yeah. Which so one? I just like forgot the, about him. Um I don't like when he walks around at night. Oh, yes, 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 mm-hmm. absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, he he's just not around. He's, like, fundamentally missing. Oh, man, that one scene also with that same kid who I forgot about, now I feel worse, where he got the award. <laughs> and the mom, like, picks up oh, the award. And she's like, I oh, you didn't tell us. And he, because, like, he can just read that, like, Things are not good. Like that, that's actually a, oh, a really telling scene because like, I mean, I, I'm assuming, I think he's the oldest. Is he the oldest or is Dalton the oldest? I don't know which one is I older. I think Dalton is the oldest. So he's like got yeah. super middle child syndrome, yep. like yep. times a thousand where like, not only is he already dealing with like being the middle child and what comes with that, but then like his older brother is in a coma and like, they're so you know, it's all consuming that he can't even tell them about this award that he got. It's so sad. That's very Ugh. sad. But also, also talk. And, and there's also that scene uh, when he's rushing to work and he's like, mm. and she, he's like, oh, I have to stay late. I have like the parent teacher conferences or whatever. Yeah. Right. And like, and then like, and then he, he kind of like gets to play the hero to the kids being like, I'll see you mm-hmm. later. Like, and she just like kind of still stuck with them when like, they're eating yep. cereal out of like cups, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. like that was also a very telling scene. And I mean, I, I think casting Patrick Wilson as that character helps the movie because he's so likable, but the character sure. like is is just has no handle on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so that so that's, you like kind of let your you let your guard down a little bit, even yeah. though like he's just like a full on like he is not being a good anything yeah. in these okay, moments. Okay, so here's here's another question for the group. Mm-hmm. Do we feel like 
um, it was still nice, quote unquote, good of him to call in Elise, even though like he technically wasn't believing all of that stuff. Like, does Mm. he get points for that? Or is it worse because he was like, well, I was just doing this to make you feel better anyway. Sorry about it. We're not going through with it. Like, how do you feel? So I think you can read that scene one of two ways. I think you can also, I think you can read the scene where like, it's all making him wildly uncomfortable um, because he, I think deep down in his gut, he believes it all. And that, and Mm. at the end when it gets serious, like let's move forward with this. I think that's him being more defensive than it is him just being like, no, I just, I, I don't get me wrong. A part of why he did it was absolutely to appease her. So, like, no question. But I do think that if you, I, I I'm reading between the lines a little bit because, like, okay. um, um, I, I think that he's just being a little defensive there. Because then when he sees the mm. pictures, and I understand that the pictures in that moment need to happen, like um, Dalton's drawings on the wall, because he needs to yeah. see that, like, this is my son. This is very real. He's been drawing these things before we even heard that there was a red door and a dark black and red demon and all of that stuff. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, we have to do this. But there's also a world in which she saw those pictures and, like, has been faking all of this because she saw those pictures first. Like, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. that doesn't even enter his mind because deep down inside, even though he's forgotten it, like, he knows what these what this is like and, and, and what this mm-hmm. is. So I think there's a defensiveness to it. But don't get me wrong. I'm not defending him. I still think mm-hmm. that he yeah, partially did it. No, no, did to appease her. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's a comp. I think that Patrick Wilson plays that complicated scene really well, that it's a little bit gray as to why he's like, like, because in the scene, he's genuinely engaged in what they're saying. Like, mm-hmm. like, and and then all of a sudden he gets defensive and it feels weird. But I that that's kind of how I see it a little bit. Okay, Jamie, do mm. you agree? Disagree? I think uh, uh, point score to Brian. <gasps> oh my. <laughs> okay, so are we gonna put him in like kind of the bad husband boyfriend category? Or is it just in between? Like, he was trying to hashtag do his best. I think he was hashtag doing his best for what he could do, for what he could do. I mean, that doesn't make him a good husband. But I don't think he's an awful husband. What I needed to, because, because he's not Micah. In, or in in right. in paranormal, no, paranormal activity or Mika. No, he, he's like I don't want these things. Right, he's I not. Don't want these things in my house. He's not right. like the right. boyfriend right. in the Watcher. He's not like these mm-hmm. awful, yeah. awful people who just like truly don't believe their spouses and then kind of like undercut them and and whatnot, like and make fun of them. Yes, was A Train the one that was in the Watcher? Who who was somebody's husband? A Train oh, yeah. was Smile. Was the fiance in Smile? Ah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Um, he's not. Got he's it. not. I, I would no because he doesn't go away, and he he ends up like learning his lesson, if you will, and going in to help save his son in some ways. But like, yeah, I I I think he's too much of a great character. I also think going back to one of my gripes. This movie did not need any more exposition, like, at all. I think its mm, pacing yeah. is great. However, uh, I think we would have a little bit more clarity if we learned a little bit more of their relationship, like, why why she left whatever she was doing to become a musician or, or, or to, like, just go with her passion. How did she talk to him about that? How did they come to that decision? Um 
Why did they move? Did they move to a smaller house because she was trying to become a musician? Like, like go mm-hmm. into her composing? Like, did they move cities because they he got a new job teaching? Because, I don't know, but, Fair. like, maybe they were having marital issues and they decided to move to, like, change the dynamic of things. Or, or maybe they moved because they have a third kid and they needed the space and, um, you know, yeah. they, they... Third kid who? Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe they had a third kid to try to help their marriage. I don't know. These are all different things that I would have loved more context because I think that would have helped me understand their relationship and him a lot more. But we don't get that, Mm -hmm. so we can't make those decisions. But I I don't think that he's as bad as the ones we've seen, but I don't think he's the best one we've seen by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it's like why – I think that would add more context too, because I don't know if y'all felt this way, but for me, when they were pulling the angle of him being at work more often, it kind of set up a like, oh, well, is he like being unfaithful? Like, is this a fidelity Mm -hmm. thing? Like what's, Mm -hmm. what is going on here? And is that going to come back in how their dynamic is in trying to deal with this situation? It doesn't ever come up that way, but I don't know. For me, I was just like, I thought about that. I don't know. I thought about mm-hmm. that too, Nikisha. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, I I thought that way too because it it feels like in another movie, in another movie, she would say, "Hey, are you cheating on me again?" That's why we moved. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. but yes. she never. Mm-hmm. She never accuses him of that, and she never loses her trust in him as a partner. She loses her trust in mm. him in terms of like how he how he's dealing with this and how she's leaving him out to dry. He's leaving her out to dry, but she never yeah. questions his, his faithfulness, if you will, to the relationship and to the family. And I feel mm-hmm. like, like that would have been her first comment to be like, is this happening again? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, right. are you sleeping with your student again? Like some, some BS mm-hmm. like yeah. that, oh, but damn. like, but it never, it, it, that never came up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So it, it, I feel like if this was a well, if this was if this was a movie that was trying to like bring in other things, like that would be mm-hmm. the first thing that that like she accuses him of. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree because that would have been perfect in that scene on the porch, and then it's like, right? Well, our son, this blood bloody handprint, ah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, girl, we're with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. That's all I have for mm brains. Um, mm. Do we want to go into rotten tomaten, rotten totten? Before rotten we move into before oh. we move into Rotten Tomaten, um, I do want to say that um, I we watched Insidious two after right after this, and Insidious mm-hmm. two retcons a little bit of stuff in Insidious one, like why the door yes. was open um, when he goes down with the baseball bat, um, you know, a lot of that stuff, <clears throat> and it gets into like who the the you know that woman is. Um, in in the second one, and um, I, I just wanted to say that I do not enjoy the second one as much as I enjoy this one. I think the second one Fair. loses a lot of momentum. It's investigating something that I kind of don't care about. It starts out strong and then like really goes downhill. It has it has like it has um, uh, yucky sleepaway camp vibes in some um, in mm. some parts, um, but uh, yeah. This one is, I, I don't, I didn't, I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't need a second movie to explain what happened at the end of the first one. I was perfectly yeah. okay, like Nikisha said, um, 
like, cool. Okay, he lost. Because quite frankly, like, he lost. He, he in the end, he gave his life for his family. But even yes. though, and, and, and he's also there and not there at the same time. But he made mm-hmm. the choice to do it. So I think that actually works thematically with who Josh is throughout this. Um, so mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily, but like, also, James Bond was not in on his A game in the second one. It's just like very <laughs> blasé in my opinion. But um, I can't wait to revisit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, cool. That's all. Sorry. Fantastical. Oh. Well, yeah. Let's do Rotten Tomatin. Rotten Tomatin. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> All right. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? What percent? Uh, Jamie, let's start with you. Uh, 68. All right. Nikisha? 68? Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> Should I do more? Should I, I do less? Like I never know. 81, oh, maybe. Damn. So, this has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Um, Wow. The audience score is lower at a 62%, which is wild. What? I feel like this is, like, typically, like, like held with high regard. Yeah. I don't don't think it's... I don't think so. I think it... I think it... uh, a lot of people aren't super crazy about it. I, I also wonder if people's opinions have gone down because The Conjuring came out and, like, that's so highly regarded that then this, like, sure. gets pushed down. That's fair. Or should I say that this one is highly regarded for that one jump scare? That, yeah. yes. I think yes. that is true. All right, so, yeah. so here's the critics' consensus. Aside from a shaky final act, Insidious is a very scary and very fun haunted house thrill ride. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll dig it. Cool. And if, if you cared, since we talked about it, um, Insidious Chapter 2 has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um yes. And it has a 57% uh, audience score. Um, and the critics' consensus for this is Insidious Chapter 2 is decidedly short on the tension and surprises that made its predecessor so chilling. Mm. Insidious Chapter mm. 2 were like Insidious Chapter Poo. Whoa! Oh, oh snap! <laughs> but I'm glad, we, I'm glad we watched it before Red Door. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Cool. Should we do the four S's? Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right. The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We are going to go through those. One through ten is our rating for those. Um, skulls is how it handles mental health and human behavior. Scares is how scary was it. And then shakes is how much you're going to shake it off. Um, you know, what era is this for you? Um, and then uh, we'll talk about what suggestions. But, Jamie, let's start with you. Skulls, scares, shakes. Sure. Um, for skulls, I gave this a five. Um, nice. Uh, what? I said nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I gave it a five. I feel like 
there are certain choices that like I don't think I would make in some situations. I mean, again, like I just feel like his avoidance is so extreme that like I'm surprised that she didn't like threaten to leave him kind of thing. And like, also that yeah, I just feel like it would have come to more of a head. Um, and then like other, you know, like the same kind of spooky things. Like, why are you, why are you going there? Don't do that. Run away from the spooky. Like that always bugs me. Um, yes. However, for scares, I did give this a five because I do think that like, again, some of the jump scares really do hit. They are memorable, especially the most memorable one behind him. Like that, that jump scare already bumps it up like three points. I feel like just that Mm. one alone. It's so, it stands out. Like everybody knows that one. Um, and I do think that like it has other really good spooky moments too. Sure. Um, for shakes, I'm giving this a four, uh, because I realized that there was a lot of stuff I like didn't remember about this film. Um, because I think there are things that blend in with maybe some of the other insidious chain movies, um, as well as other James Wan movies that I'm like, Oh no, like that effect is from this thing, like kind of thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's, those are my three S's. Cool. Nikisha. Okay. Uh, skulls. I gave this a six mostly because, they moved out of the house the first time, and that's points in my book. That's so. a great, uh, yeah, that's yeah. excellent. You did the do, so did good for do. you guys. Uh, scares, I'm going to give it a four. Um, shakes, and I'm, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, it's something that is memorable, as in the James Wan cinematic universe, So and higher up on the list than some of his other ones, so I'll give it a five. Wow, I did not expect both of you to rank so lowly. Oh. oh. Um, Brian has tens across the board. No, I don't have tens, but I have a, <laughs> I have a five for skulls. Um, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that seems, because it, it never, like I said, never goes into, like, their backstory and history a little bit, mm-hmm. but also they're making, like, silly choices in some parts. Um, scares, I gave this a seven. Like... What else could I ask for from something like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's the spooky, creepy tiptoe that like kind of lasts with you forever. Then there's, yeah. Then there's the, 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 you know, the main jump scare. There's a lot of smaller jump scares and stuff like that. So we have that. Whoa. I just got jump scared. You all saw it live. Oh my God. (laughs) That was thunder. Thunder. That really got me. God, I know thunderstorms are not for me. And then uh, Shakes, I have this as an eight. Like, this is insidious. I don't know. I, I think it's, like, I prefer this over Sinister. Um, l- That's on my list. I have not watched it yet, and someone recommended it oh. Oh, t- again to watch. Nikisha, we have some. I know, I know, I know. have to watch you know what? Sinister. We have some open slots in August for episodes. We'll do Sinister for one of those. Fantastic. We have to do Sinister, yeah. But right. I, I prefer Insidious over Sinister. Sinister's great, but I prefer this over over that. I feel like mm, they're very okay. similar in some ways. Um, Cute. But, um, yeah. And then um, my suggestion is uh, Malignant. Mine, too. Well, one of mine. Yeah. Any of the James Wan things, you're going to have a sure. good time. Mm. What about you, Jamie? I went. I went... A different route, so I'm excited that y'all went first. So 
I have two. The first one, if you if you kind of want some similar vibes to the like paranormal investigative stuff, a la um, Specs and Tucker, mm-hmm. um, I would suggest Grave Encounters. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. And then. On the flip side, like the theme of like a parent doing whatever they can to save their child. Um, <laughs> this, for me, this isn't <laughs> my favorite movie, but I know some folks who've seen it that love it. Um, the Possession. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yes, it's a a movie about a Dybbuk. But oh. you don't get too many oh, horror no. movies about Dybbuk. That's so. true. You don't. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Cool. Mm-hmm. Fantastical. Well, I think that wraps up our episode of Insidious. You can follow us on all the social medias, the Instagrams, the Twitter, the TikToks. Help us get to 20K Please. at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D, at Talk Horror Pod. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure, you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify, um, R.I.P. Stitcher. You can't find us there no more. Um, mm. uh, oh man! Yeah, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. And yes. Okay, we're supposed to be playing zomb- zombies. What is it? Zombies, Vampire. vampires. I'll, well, right now, <laughs> I'll just play like a little clip of it. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, I, I really thought I was gonna have to play Tiptoe to the Tulips. I did not expect to play Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo's Vampire, but here we are. Here we oh, are. Man. I love it. Jam into it now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>